We're going to turn to John chapter 11. <coughs> We're going to look at um, some verses from a very well-known portion of Scripture. We know it very well, and we see it as the account where Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. I'm going to read from John 11, verse 17 to 27, and then from verse 38 to 44. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and to Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she met, went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Then verse 38. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against him. And Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odour, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did not I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I, think, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. In verse 40 of the portion that I've just read there, Jesus explains that what had happened to Lazarus, that was his death, and what would happen to Lazarus, his being raised from the dead, would be a demonstration to those around of the glory of God. And in verse 42, as Jesus prays to his Father, he says, It is that they may believe that you sent me. Now the rising of Lazarus from the dead was not the first time that something like this had happened. We read of some occurrences in the Old Testament, for example when Elijah raised the widow's son in 1 Kings 17, and Elisha raised the Shunammite son 
in 2 Kings 4. And then again in the New Testament, we know that as Jesus was going around Galilee, that he raised Jairus' daughter from the dead, and he also raised the widow's son from the dead. But what I think marks out this account of the raising of Lazarus from the dead from the others that is that along the way as Jesus holds a conversation with Martha is that he makes what I will call the great resurrection statement in verse 25. And it's a verse we're familiar with and it's a verse that contains the words that are commonly, commonly used at the time of a funeral service. And these are the words in verse 25. Jesus said to her, that is to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. If we look at the previous verses too, the statement that Jesus makes there, we will see that Martha is already a woman who has some faith because she says that she believes in the future resurrection. She says, I know that he, speaking of her brother Lazarus, will rise again on the last day. She may have had some understanding of the Old Testament and perhaps the book of Job, where Job makes that declaration that he knew that the day would come, that in his flesh he would stand before the presence of Almighty God. And so Jesus takes her statement of faith to reveal something about himself. And this statement in verse 25 is one of the seven I am statements that we read of concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. Statements that declare something about who he is. The I am. That is, it tells us this statement and the other statements that he is God. But they also say something about what he has come to do. So for example, he came to be the door. The doorway, the entrance into heaven. He came to be our good shepherd. He came to be the bread of life. But here in verse 25, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. In other words, as we read this statement concerning the Lord Jesus Christ, it is a statement that is a powerful and it is a loaded statement. For Jesus is not saying, I will be the resurrection and the life. He is saying, I am the resurrection and the life. It is a statement that speaks of the fact that Jesus is eternal. He always was before he became a man, and he always will be. Therefore, in this statement, Jesus is saying that death cannot hold me. Death cannot contain me. Death cannot defeat me. It was an impossibility for death to hold the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is still an impossibility because he is the resurrection and the life. So he made that statement, I am the resurrection and the life. But then we need to stop and think and pause for a minute. 
Because it wasn't that long after that Jesus had made this statement that they saw him die. What's gone wrong? What's happening? You've made it clear. You've stated that you're the resurrection and the life. And yet they saw him die. So legitimately, those who witnessed his crucifixion, those who heard him utter his last words, those who saw him as he breathed his last breath, could have questioned the statement that Jesus had made when he said, I am the resurrection and the life. But if they questioned it, in doing so, they would have failed to have grasped what his dying was all about. It was not because of anything he had done, but because of everything that they had done, because of everything that we have done, what I had done, what you have done. And Jesus was dying there, not because of anything he had done, but he was dying for you, and he was dying for me. And so on going to Calvary, Jesus knew no sin of his own. When he went to Calvary, he took your sin, he took my sin, and he made it his very own. And I love that word song. I quoted some of it this morning. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned and clean, and yet he did love me. He loved you. He loved each one of us. And he loved us so much that he was willing, the sinless Son of God, he was willing to take upon himself our sin, our sorrow, and to face the punishment for it as if it was his own sin. Such was the love of God. Such was the love of Jesus towards each one of us. And so therefore, because he went to the cross with no sin of his own, death could not hold him. And as we celebrate today, we remember the good news as we read it in Luke 24, verse 6, when they came to the tomb, expecting to see the dead body of the Lord Jesus Christ, they saw that the stone had been moved away. And as they looked in, the angel said to them, what are you looking for? He is not here. He has risen. Again, I love the words of another song. Death could not hold his prey. Some of the songwriters of the olden days, they knew how to write hymns. They knew how to write songs. Death could not hold its prey. See, when Jesus was going to the cross, Satan was excited about it. And when he saw Jesus dying on the cross, Satan was saying to himself, I've got him. At last, I've got rid of Jesus. But death could not hold its prey. Jesus, my Savior, he tore the bars away. Jesus, my Lord. I said I'd mention the dog perhaps again. And that dog up there, as you see in the picture, he's only a puppy. <laughs> he's only eight months old. But that dog already weighs, the dog already weighs 40 kilograms. And he's strong. And he's powerful. And so I went with him for a walk on Thursday morning. They live just on the edge of... Uh, some fields and once they're on the fields they can just let him loose and as we were going for this walk um, the dog sniffed something into the side by where we were and suddenly from the side bolted a roe a deer and the dog went after him the dog thought that he was going to get his prey 
40 kg dog against a little deer. But the deer got away. The dog, as powerful as he thought he was, couldn't get anywhere near the deer. And as I witnessed it happening, and I saw the deer running off and the dog eventually giving in. I thought of this verse. First, death could not hold his prey. The dog couldn't get the rodeo. Death couldn't get Jesus. As strong as death might think it might be, as strong as Satan thinks he might be, they were useless against the all-powerful Jesus, who is the resurrection and the life. And so that same song goes on to say, Up from the grave he arose, with a mighty triumph for his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, he arose. Hallelujah, Christ arose. See, the one verse in that song says, Vainly they watch his bed. The soldiers were there. The stone was rolled in front. They sealed the tomb. As far as they were concerned, no way. He's not going to get out of that. But it doesn't matter how many stones they rolled in front of the entrance of the tomb. It doesn't matter how many legion of soldiers they placed around it. It didn't even matter how many layers of cloth they wrapped around the body of Jesus. They could have even chained his body to the inside of the tomb. It would have all been pointless. It would have all been in vain. Because Jesus was exactly who he said he was when he went to the tomb of Lazarus. He was the resurrection and the life. And no matter whatever they did, he would be raised. And as a result, he would conquer absolutely everything that had befallen mankind as a result of the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden. <coughs> He would defeat the sting of death. He would defeat the devil. He would be the undefeatable conqueror and champion. He would be the one who would, without any question and without any shadow of doubt, be the only one who could restore lost humanity and make the way for us to enter into the presence of Almighty God. And in his statement to Martha, Jesus continues to make a statement that is of equal fact to the statement about himself and of equal truth about the statement of himself that he could make with 100% guarantee even before he had gone to Calvary. He continued and said, Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives in me shall never die. What a statement. What a statement. See, Jesus knew that he was already the resurrection and the life. And therefore, there was no question about it. It was never even up for discussion. He knew even before his own death and even before his own resurrection that he could promise resurrection life to all who would put their faith and trust in him. And so this statement should be a reminder to you and to me this morning who have placed our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ that we've got an incredible future ahead of us. When we breathe our last breath and when we utter our last words here on planet Earth, it is not the end. It is only the beginning of an incredible eternity. Yes, we may die. We may be placed in a coffin we may be placed into the soil of the earth or cremated. 
But the promise of Jesus still stands. Though we die, yet shall we live. And this future hope has already been guaranteed by the resurrection of Jesus himself. Paul puts it this way in 1 Corinthians 15. For by a man came death, but by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. And as in Adam all die, so in Christ shall all be made alive. So death for us is nothing to be afraid of. For death for the believer is just the doorway to heaven. And because Jesus is alive, because we trust him and put our faith in him, so we too will be alive forever. There's another song that goes like this. Jesus lives, thy terrors now can, O death, no more upon us. Jesus lives, by this we know, thou, O grave, canst not enthrall us. In the words of the song I've used so much recently, only one left heaven for the cross. Only one knows every pain and loss. Only one could die my soul to save. Only one, the name above all names. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He made the statement, he was confident in the statement because he knew who he was as the Son of God and he proved it. Dying on Good Friday and yet rising again on the third day. So let me re-echo his words. Whoever believes in me, whoever, whoever, doesn't matter who we are, doesn't matter about our class, doesn't matter about our race, it doesn't matter about our colour, doesn't matter what nationality we are. Whoever, whoever, for God so loved the world that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. And death could not hold Jesus. That's the good news this morning. Death could not hold Jesus. He's alive. And he's alive forevermore. But let me tell you this morning that death doesn't have to hold you either. Not one of you. Not one of us. Death doesn't have to hold us. Because if we believe in him, we too will receive that same resurrection life. The scripture says that we need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, it says very clearly, we will be saved. We will be saved. Now, what does the reverse of that mean? It's obvious. If we fail to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, then we won't be saved. We won't know this resurrection life that is eternal life in the presence of Jesus. If we fail to believe in him, we will be lost forever. Raised, yes, not to eternal life into the presence of God, but raised to eternal condemnation. Raised to be sent to the place that is reserved for the devil and his angels. The place we call hell, which is the lake of fire. Christ Jesus came into this world 
to save sinners. That's why he died. That's why he rose again. This morning, I want to ask very clearly, have you come to believe on him? As we who have believed on him celebrate in the fact that he is alive, and it's wonderful to celebrate that he is alive, but we're also concerned at the same time that there are many who have not yet believed and are going to be lost for eternity. So this morning, where do you stand? Where are you this morning? Are you with those who have believed and you know that you are saved? Or have you not yet believed? In which case you're still lost. But the risen Saviour is here this morning. He's here this morning. He's present amongst us. And he's willing to come and to forgive and to cleanse from all unrighteousness so that whoever this morning chooses to believe on him can know what it is to be saved. Only one, only one could crush the curse of sin. Only one was raised to life again. Only one is king of every king. And only one is coming back for me. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. So all the praise must go to Jesus. All the praise to him belongs. Let's just stop for a moment and pause. Let's just close our eyes in the presence of God. Heaven is real. And at the same time, hell is real. We were all set to go to hell. But as the one song we sung this morning says, you left heaven and came to earth. And you went to the cross. And you died and you were buried. And you rose again. So that we might know what it is to know that we're going to go to heaven as we put our faith and trust in it. So each one this morning, I challenge you to look into your heart and to consider, should you die today, where would your destiny be? Heaven or hell? Heaven because you've chosen to accept Jesus or hell because you've rejected him. He loves you. He loved me. He loves us all. And he wants to see us all in heaven with him. So there's one this morning, as I shared the message of the gospel, and you know that you need to like Jesus to come into your life. And just for just me looking around, just notify by putting your hand up that I can see. And then afterwards I'll talk with you and pray with you. That you too can know the joy of knowing that you have this resurrection and eternal life that Jesus has made available for you.